Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Curtis, and we are the pastors of Pomona Valley Church. We are closing out a six-part mini-series where we ask a question that helps us rebuild our rhythm of life in these very different days that we are living right now. Today, we want to close the series in a slightly different but connected vein. As we watch the ongoing movement for greater justice for the Black community, we may well be feeling an invitation from God to become better educated or better involved in making wrong things right. All of this rhythm of life is not just so that we personally get to enjoy peace or sense of God's favor while we go about our days doing whatever makes us happy. Our rhythm of life is meant to bolster us for the unique work that is ours to do. It's meant to give us the sustained joy and energy to be peacemakers, to enjoy the unique sense of the favor of God when we are doing God's work in the world. Some of that work is about loving the people who live in our home. Some of that work is about being a good friend and caring for our neighbors. And some of that work is about justice, about seeing systems that are broken and hurt or people who are marginalized and saying, it's time to help fix this. And of course, justice work is a long haul kind of thing. It's about being committed to good learning and intentional action and a long course of faithfulness. So our one question today is, what is one thing I can do to grow in anti-racism? This is a bit different than our other five questions because it's such a specific thing. And we're going to go on a limb here and say all Christians should do it. All Christians should be a part of racial justice and all white Christians should be a part of unlearning the narratives that have kept us comfortable and relearning about the systems and structures that are hurting others and how we can build a better world together. But as this conversation has grown over the past couple weeks, the myriad ways in which we can do this can probably feel overwhelming. I got an email from a friend with a suggestion for 75 things that you could do, but we are parenting and homeschooling and pastoring and generally trying to keep ourselves sane and healthy. 75 feels like oh, a bit much. And if that's you, we want to say don't become overwhelmed to the point that you don't do anything. Find one thing. And there are a lot of different ways you could find that one thing. The suggestion we're going to offer today is based on how you most enjoy learning and picking something that might match a medium that you prefer. So if you're a podcast person, pick a podcast. If you're a book reader, grab a book. If you want shorter articles, go for that. A person who likes to watch things and so on. We're going to suggest that you find one something that you can do in a medium that matches your preferences. And wouldn't you know, we are going to offer one suggestion to align with various mediums. We're not making this a top five list. These are not the top answers. These are just some recommendations that we have enjoyed and learned from out of the many, many amazing resources that are out there. So as we offer this list, what we suggest is that you listen for the one that sounds most like something you would enjoy doing, have the time to do, have the energy to do. The thing that would not just sit in your mind is something you should do, but could maybe actually happen in the next week or so. So I can tell you, I do love to read. And I've read far less in the last mm, approximately seven and a half years since having children. I would really prefer to learn through a book, but right now I am just not able to do that. On the flip side, podcasts are more portable and I'm finding they work really well. Figure something out like that for yourself. Let's start, though, with books. 
if you are someone who reads books, um, what are some books that might get you started on this journey of learning about anti-racism? Um, one that I read recently and found to be really interesting is a book called A Man Named Ibram Kendi, uh, and it is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. It has been the number one on the New York Times bestseller list for the past couple of weeks, so it's really easy to find. One book that our church is reading together and going to be talking about is from Austin Channing Brown. It's called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. And I really enjoy the book, but I particularly appreciate that Austin has spent a lot of time in similar kinds of church spaces in her career. And so I feel like there is some cultural nuance to um, large suburban churches that also reflect in her insights that I have personally really enjoyed. All right. What if you are not a full book person? You're an article person. So this is shorter than a book, but still a lengthy article. But it's an article that was written in The Atlantic by a man named Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, several years ago now. It was one of the first things I read that got me really diving deeper into this issue in general. It's called The Case for Reparations. And we will be sure to put links to all these resources in the show notes at PomonaValleyChurch.org. So The Case for Reparations, it does a really great job of laying out the fact that racism did not stop when slavery stopped and that there have been systemic racist policies that have continued on through the whole history of the United States. And so just if you're someone who likes to understand the history and context of some of the stuff that's happening today, it's a really great article for that. Just this last week, I was really interested in a piece that came in the New York Times related to the Tulsa race massacre. That was a historic event that I did not know much about. And I find that as I am doing this learning, the large scale data and the macro level conclusions are important. But I also really connect when I look at a single case study or a personal story, just as a way to help make concrete these experiences that we're talking about, to put it in the context of real families and real communities, which I know is true. But as you go into a single case study or an example, it just helps connect why these larger things matter in a different sort of way for me. So the, some of the recent articles related to that particular event I thought were really valuable. Now, if thinking about reading something more makes your eyes cross, uh, we also have some podcast suggestions. My first podcast suggestion is a little bit on the lower brow side, but uh, there's a guy who I started reading a long time ago called Bill Simmons, and he has a podcast, and in it he speaks first to a Black Lives Matter activist, and then it switches over to an, a discussion between three coaches that you may be familiar with if you're a sports fan, Pete Carroll, Steve Kerr, and Greg Popovich. And they talk about this issue in a little bit of, of greater depth. But it's very it's a very um, accessible sort of discussion. And if you're interested in sports, you, you could probably find it interesting. One of my podcast recommendations um, actually segues out of the book I recommended. Austin Channing Brown is in a lot of spaces as a guest on a podcast, but she and Brene Brown had a conversation on Brene Brown's podcast recently. And because they have worked together and because they are friends, it goes into a really authentic, deeper place that often doesn't happen when an author is a guest with a stranger. And I thought that the way that they defined the lay of the land, the way that we feel about it, what we're really going for, what are our goals, I thought that it was a really great um, episode for just getting your bearings as far as the long haul trajectory of anti-racism that we're committing to. My other podcast suggestion, I'm doing two, is from a website called 538. It's a data journalism website. 
And so it's a little bit more intellectual and looking at statistics and such things. And it's a discussion between some of the staff on that website and a man who has done research into police violence and what reduces police violence. And so it has some statistical backing to the sorts of issues that people are protesting about and talking about um, these days. Well, if you get to, I get to, in which case I will nominate a conversation between Layla Saad who is the author of Me and White Supremacy. And on her podcast, she hosted Glennon Doyle. And Glennon, I thought, was really good at modeling the humility that white folks need when they're starting on this journey. And I thought she was really good at articulating some of the clumsiness we feel that might keep us from ever getting to do the work at all. So I thought that conversation was really great. Now, if a whole podcast is too much, we do also have some social media uh, bite-sized chunks to suggest. I, for one, can't tell you how many accounts I follow on Twitter and Instagram that talk about these issues. Yes, you can. You don't follow any. You're not on social media. I am barely better at this than Curtis, but via Instagram, I have been changing a bit of who I follow and inviting some more voices in who are talking about racial justice. This is the one where, of course, there are so many... I'm going to put out four names that you might want to check out if you don't already. So one is if you are newer to all of this, I would specifically recommend Latasha Morrison and Be the Bridge. I think they have a lot of resources related to this journey and especially how you get started. If you are um, a person of faith, one of my favorite pastoral voices, especially as she writes a segment that's recurring called Dear White Peacemakers, is um, Oshetta Moore. She is an Anabaptist pastor, and I just really love her work. If you would like someone who might sometimes make you uncomfortable but is doing it on purpose because the work matters a lot, then I also recommend Rachel Cargill. She is a public academic, and so part of that is that she's using social media tools. And I don't always know what I make of what she's suggesting, but I really respect her work. And then my last recommendation is my friend Christine Sa, who is a Korean-American pastor in Southern California. And she writes about anti-racism work, one, as it relates to anti-Asian racism, but two, as it relates to Asian and anti-Black racism and some of the history between the Korean and the Black communities in Southern California. And so I find her writing really informative and I enjoy her very much. So those are my four women that I'll recommend to you for now out of what could be a very long list, I'm sure. All right, our last medium that we're going to offer for now is if you're someone who wants to watch something, if it's a lot more realistic for you to pop on something on a TV or an iPad and watch, then what would be a recommendation there, Curtis? So I confess this is not actually something I have watched, but it's the film Just Mercy that came out recently. Um, It's about an activist named Brian Stevenson. And we have come across him in a couple of settings over the course of the past few years. We've heard him preach and we've been exposed to some of the work that he has been doing in advocating for criminal justice reform and awareness of the violence towards black people in the history of our country. And he's a really remarkable person. The only reason I have not watched the film is that I kind of already know his story and we've heard a fair amount about him. And so given that we watch uh, one movie that's not for children per year, I think is our quota at the moment. That's generous. We watch one ad- one movie for adults every other year. Um, this film has not made the list yet. But again, that is not because of the the content not being good. It's because we already kind of know a lot about the story. And it's a really he's a re- really remarkable person and has a really remarkable story. And then my recommendation for something to watch is a series called The Next Question, which is a web series that you can get and it's free. And I would recommend it no matter what. But it turns out that my friend was a producer for the show. 
This is Austin Channing Brown's series. And then along with my friend Jenny and their friend Chi-Chi, the three of them host this conversation with a guest each episode. And these are heavy hitting guests. So Rachel Cargill was a guest for them, um, as was um, Andre Henry, as was Brene Brown. These conversations are really neat because Austin's whole idea was how she noticed that a lot of really amazing racial justice advocates would write something and then they'd go on a conversation circuit to talk about their work, but they'd get asked the same surface level questions every time. And she found herself thinking, when is anyone ever going to ask them the next question? And so she created a show to do just that. I think that they are really amazing episodes and really helpful conversations. So I would recommend the next question. This is, again, not a top five list or the best resources ever. These are just things that we have really appreciated out of the many, many, many amazing things that are becoming available. So if you just need to take a next right step, we hope that this helps you narrow the filter because the best thing you can do in the long haul work of anti-racism is the stuff you're actually going to do. So that's our sixth and final question as we consider how we rebuild our rhythm. What is one thing I can do? to be involved in anti-racism. We're glad that you were part of this mini-series with us, and we hope that you found it helpful. You'll find show notes, again, with everything that we talked about on this list on our website, pomonavalleychurch.org. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.